0: Welcome to Rocking Our Prize. I'm your host, Dr. Alice Evans. Now, here's a question. What do the Rohingya genocide, witch hunts, and agro-pastoral conflicts all have in common? These are all violent land seizures, triggered by economic shocks, justified through vilification, controlled by exclusionary institutions. Let me explain by discussing three excellent economics papers. Okay, first of all, the Rohingya genocide. So a new paper has really rocked my priors. I thought this persecution was motivated by religion. Actually, it may have been more materialistic. So Davis, Lopez, Pena, Mobarak, and Wen leverage price fluctuations for rice, the local staple crop. They find that state violence against ethnic minorities increased when expropriation was most profitable. State-perpetrated looting increased in rice-growing areas precisely when rice prices rose. Ideological persuasion then legitimizes attacks on the Muslim minority. Myanmar's uh, military propagated hate in order to incite rape, murder, and religious persecution. A UN fact finding mission found that this was facilitated by Facebook. So land grabs may have been motivated by economics, Propaganda then made it seem righteous. Okay, moving over to witch hunts. Hundreds of witches are killed every single year in Tanzania. Elderly women are demonised and killed by their own relatives. Witch murders double, finds Edward McGraw, in years with extreme rainfall. That's droughts and floods. Now witch hunts may have also been facilitated by the transition from matriliny to patriliny. Goven Kelka and Dev Nathan find that witch killings often involve seizures of land. So just like Myanmar, vilification legitimized proper group, property grabbing. Now, culture matters, of course. Most Tanzanians believe in witchcraft. Communities only tolerate these killings because they fear witchcraft is dangerous. So let me quote from a BBC interview. In the Sukuma community, if you kill a witch, it's not really considered a crime. It's like you're doing something for the community. A new cross-national analysis by Gershom suggests that witchcraft beliefs are more common in places with weak rule of law, cultural tightness, and, and zero-sum mindsets, like the, the idea that one person's gain is always someone else's loss. Okay, now let me move on to further harder conflicts. So Nigeria's conflicts go back at least 200 years. Uh, I'd recommend excellent books by Usmane Kane, Ulefumi Vaughan, and also Moses Ochonu. But climate breakdown may be making it worse. So desertification is pushing nomadic herders further south in the search for fertile pastures, uh, explained Eoin McCurk and Nathan Nunn. So where their cattle graze, crops are destroyed. Farmers then fight back and violence escalates. Thousands of people are being killed. Since pastoralists are mostly Muslim and farmers are Christian, economic struggles then take on the mantle of religion. Institutions also matter. Only in polities where pastoralists are politically excluded, the droughts massively exacerbate agro-pastoral conflicts. The economically motivated and ideologically justified persecution of the Rohingya were likewise facilitated by exclusionary institutions. Since 1982, they've been denied citizenship. Over in Tanzania, all-male sungu-sungu councils authorise witch hunts. These are seen as a central part of their role in ensuring village security. Corporate algorithms can also be conceptualised as a kind of institution by favouring inflammatory content, nurturing filter bubbles and creating falsehoods. These two function as online rules of the game. So what do the Rohingya genocide, witch hunts and agro-pastoral conflicts have in common? All these fights for land are triggered by economic shocks. But communities only tolerate violence against a very specific group, and that's a function of cultural persuasion and exclusionary institutions. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr Alice Evans.